0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the weekly venting with Jenny and Barry. I'm Jenny Graham. I'm the editorials editor of the Tulsa World opinion section. Here with my friend Barry,
1: who's a writer, comedian, has his own blog, and just had his air conditioner fixed. Most importantly,
0: he's very broke with the new air conditioning. So if you see Barry around town, buy him a buy him a soda. Just you no, know, give him a couple of dollars. The man, I mean, he's. He's very relaxed in his air conditioning, but he's not going anywhere for a
1: while. Right. So, yeah, the anxiety so, still kicking up. There you go. All right.
0: So this week, I let Barry choose the topic, and I thought all the cool things going on. What would Barry want to talk about? What did you choose, Barry? Abortion. Because you're a fun dinner party guest.
1: I'm a fun dinner party, and again, if you uh, you know if you want to get out of a dinner party early, just mention abortion, maybe school prayer, but abortion really will stop the conversation and ruin any any segment of the dinner party. This is the slippery slope, the the mother of all slippery slopes. And I think this just encompasses everything that gets us to our our corners of the ring. And abortion is pretty much the litmus test. You mentioned it earlier. Ask somebody where they're on abortion and you pretty much can fill in the rest of the blanks. This to me just speaks to what it is that motivates us and what it is we think that motivates other people. You can argue, and I do, this really isn't about the unborn, it's about sex, it's about power, it's about women's rights. And I thought, what better to talk about, especially in like what happened in Kansas.
0: You're just you're just diving in. So, you know, this is and when you told me this, I thought, what why would we talk and I've been almost trained. Why would you talk about this? Because you're not going to change anyone's mind. Because for, well, since since Roe v. Wade, 50 years now, it has been, you know, there's a group of people that, you know, this is murder. And when a person truly believes something is murder, you're not going to change that position because they believe it's murder. Murder's wrong. But But what we're finding, and this is that area that we now have to address, which are the people who identify as pro-life, they're pro-life, they're against this, except Fill in the blank, except for rape, except for incest, except for when the mother is, you know, her her health is in danger. So for a lot of people, they're pro-life with a line that can be moved around. So I think the challenge is where does that line fall for most people? And when I say most people, poll after poll shows, even in, in, in Oklahoma, it ranges anywhere from 50 5% to 60, a little over 60% of people who want it legal in some cases, that they're that they want it as an option.
1: Right. So that's 30%, where we sort of go. 30% of uh, people surveyed by this group called Amber Integrity mm-hmm. uh, Integrated. Integrated. 30% were in favor of a total abortion ban. Right. Uh, but 48% of Republicans are in a favor of a total abortion ban. Now, Governor Stitt said, from the moment life begins at conception is when we have a responsibility as human beings to do everything we can, now listen to the language here, to protect that baby's life and the life of the mother. Look who comes first. The mother is now a subordinate clause almost. That is what I believe. And that is what the majority of Oklahomans believe. That is not what the majority of Oklahomans believe. Only 8% of adults nationwide say abortion should be against the law in all cases. So what exactly are Americans of two positions about this? 92% of Americans believe there should be some exception for, for abortion.
0: Yeah, so and, it's where that line is drawn. And right. a lot of it is determining on when life begins which is a theological question, you know, for some people it's con it's conception when, when the two cells meet. Um, but that's, that's, that's based on faith, not based now Senator Langford argues it's based on science. I inherently disagree. <laughs> there are no, <laughs> no scientists out there saying that there are some pro-life propaganda out there saying that, but, but that's where, and I mean, you're of the Jewish faith. You, you, I understand, where where does the Jewish faith believe life begins?
1: The the great rabbis have have been talking about this for hundreds of years. And in the Talmud, which is the commentary on the Jewish Bible, there was a number of of explanations about when life begins. The first breath, which is not conception. Uh, There's some talk about how if the baby, the fetus, again, just the language itself, what are we calling this? Uh, presents a threat to the woman, it is to be removed, because it is a evil force within the mother who's killing the mother. So there's no great line where every Jew will say, hey, Jews believe in abortion. We don't believe in abortion, but there is some more leeway to what our religious teachings direct us towards than I I guess a, a fundamentalist Christian question should be that is why are we even talking about this? That That's not what we base this on. We we, we have a constitution. We we do not.
0: Right, do right. Not and that, and it, you know, it's interesting because the uh, Sarah Weddington, the one who, the, the attorney who led the Roe v. Wade case, mm-hmm. she in later years, because it established this right to privacy, which has been a, attacked, you know, now that's been thrown out. And that's what the majority of the Supreme Court, because so much so many other rights were, were based on that, from same-sex marriage to contraception, that without that, you don't have those. You, there is no inherent, there's no right to privacy in the Constitution. She would have argued it on a First Amendment right, you know, of religion, that because so much of the argument now for and against abortion is based on religion, that her argument to protect the right would be a freedom of religion, that your faith doesn't dictate what my faith should be, or my lifestyle should not be dictated by someone else's faith.
1: And then there's a case in Florida right now that's, that's going through the courts. And, and the problem there is, what if the Supreme Court gets that case and decides, after listening to those arguments, yes, but the Christian faith is going to win out here. And if the Christian faith wins out on this one, then the Christian faith wins out on all of them, Yes. And then what at, we have?
0: that would seem to be the case, and that that would be that would be the big challenge, wouldn't it?
1: And that would American's the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal. I'm going to be a cynic, and I'll say mm-hmm. that is what this is about: is getting to the point where we will have that dynamic in this country. Mm-hmm. Tell me, it's tell me. There's a there's a Republican out there. There's a conservative out there who spouses this. Whoever says to you or to me or to anyone else, let's find the common ground, right? Let's find that middle area. It doesn't happen because that's not what they're interested in.
0: Well, it doesn't happen in this space right now. What I'm frustrated by constantly right now is the lack of the moderate voices because we're hearing a lot on the, the extremist end. I mean, we're hearing fundamentalist and evangelical Christians talk about, we want a Christian nation. And that's what, and I don't believe all conservatives believe that way, but we're not hearing their voices. We are yeah. not hearing from them. And that's what's frustrating. But, you know, but when we get to abortion, one of the things I wrote about a few times, uh, it was interesting, every time I wrote about it, inevitably, you know, I'd get the same response. But Oklahoma has been collecting data on the women getting abortions for the last 20 years, detailed, almost intrusive kind of information from not, not just age, and it, but, you know, educational data, uh, you know, everything, you know, situational
1: data.
0: Yeah. I mean, all of, you know, all of yeah. these, and one of the, the interesting parts of what they ask are reasons. Why are you getting an abortion? And to me, we can't talk about this issue without talking about the reasons why. And who well, you are, and I, who can. I can,
1: you and I can't, but others can. If you believe that life begins at conception, then every other question that follows that is one you're not very interested in.
0: Right. But here's the thing, you're not going to win those people over. And inevitably, whenever I wrote the story about the reasons why, there would always be a comment or two or a call saying, it doesn't matter, they're murdering children. If that's how you feel, then there's nothing that I can do or say. And that's what I was sort of joking about with you about. In bringing this up, there are just some people that that is their belief. But I think if we, we've got to get to where we talk about why are women women? seeking, who who are they? Because everyone has a stereotype in mind. Everyone has this idea in mind. And I I was always interested, fascinated by the idea that 61% of women last year in Oklahoma who got an abortion, they'd already given birth before. Of that 61%, 21% had two kids. 13% had three or more kids. Now, I don't know if their abortions were from Uh, they can't have any more, they don't want any more children, or if there was something going wrong with their pregnancy. But other reasons, and and one of the things that I, I quickly learned about looking at these reasons for abortion, is that it's so varied, that every, it just seems like there are so many situations out there, and it's so complicated, that it's hard, people, if you have empathy, have to empathize with what these women are facing. And of the hundreds said they were in domestic violence situations. They were in um, dangerous relationships they were trying to get out of. Uh, and, and then you had others that were a lot about poverty. They were, they could not afford this child. And when you think about, and and this was helpful in the way that when we're talking about preventing abortion, when we're talking about, you know, tr- cause that's ultimately what, you know, Cl- Bill Clinton has said, we wanted to be rare, uh, Safe legal, rare.
1: legal, rare, and safe, right?
0: right. And so, and we're getting there. What's interesting, in the last, between 2002 and 2020 in Oklahoma, abortions decreased by half, you know, 50% less. And the big difference came when the Take Control Initiative went into place, which gave free birth control to low-income women across the state. And at the same time, Tulsa and union schools put in Real sex ed, like evidence-based, we're going to be real with you, sex ed. Tulsa County's teen pregnancy rate plummeted. Abortions plummeted. I mean, there's a direct correlation between that. So this data was helpful in that way. So what I fear in this abortion debate, what comes next? It's going to be birth control.
1: Well, and that's the case. How can you be for an abortion ban Mm -hmm. and against Birth control. It seems if you want to reduce the need for unwanted pregnancies, you could reduce the need for unwanted pregnancies. So it's not about abortion anymore. If you can prevent the pregnancy from happening, we have no abortion problem. Right. You know, is that not the issue or is there something else going on? I have some questions though. Does anyone know a woman who forgoes birth control because she knew that abortion? was legal. Does anyone personally know a woman who's had an abortion? They would report to authorities. Does anyone feel comfortable in telling a woman she can handle a baby and that woman has two or three other children? And the other one is, has anyone ever told an 11-year-old rape victim who's pregnant, you have to carry this baby to turn because God wants you to? And Have you ever told your 11-year-old that or your best friend's 11-year-old that? This is one of those issues that matter when they matter. And and the joke is that for many of these um, uber-right fundamentalist Christians, there are three exceptions for abortion, rape, incest, and me. And And if my girlfriend, my daughter, my wife needs an abortion, we will figure out a way to get it for them.
0: Well, at Oklahoma, rape and incest are not exceptions. And that's, that's a real, real problem. And that's and where you know. I'm at, where, you know, I grew up Catholic. My family was not, my family was always pro-choice, but they were very much like, but if something happens to you, you know, we had a different support system. And in our family, that we were very pro-life. If you find yourself pregnant, we will, you know, whatever. But we, you have to recognize that our situation isn't the, the next person's. And so that's where I've sort of come up with this upbringing of, I, I respect life. If, you know, I would want to support a teenager, I would, whatever it, you know, but I can't make that choice for someone else. And, you could, you and that, the to... idea of rape and incest, I mean, I can't imagine we have such a high degree right now of you know, assaults on women, particularly in the indigenous community. I mean, we have entire movements around sexual assault of Native American women. We have a high population of Native American women in Oklahoma. So, you know, these issues aren't theoretical, they're real. And I, I remember one time I was at a fundraiser where there were a lot of OBGYNs there, and it was a fundraiser for uh, a pregnancy prevention type of programs. And they were sharing stories of treating 11-year-olds. 11-year-olds, if they're pregnant, they are victims. They cannot consent. And they were talking about how it it was traumatizing to these doctors to to treat them. Because it ruined their bodies. It ruined these, these children's bodies to do that. This happens in Oklahoma. So it's not theoretical and... And that's what really bothers me is not, is without having those exceptions. And, and I do know women who have had abortions, uh, half of them are because they were in bad medical situations, ectopic pregnancies, um, babies whose brain did not have, you know, their brains weren't forming lungs outside their bodies. It was a non-viable birth. And so they didn't want to have it. And so, they're, you know, in some cases, maybe their health wasn't at risk, but they're not having a child that's going to live.
1: And even if you have the exception, the life of the mother, which apparently is now the one we're all going to say, well, at least we have that. What does that mean?
0: The woman comes in with an
1: ectopic pregnancy. If a woman comes in with an ectopic pregnancy, is her life at stake at that moment? No. So when can she have this abortion? When the tube bursts? When she is going to have her life threatened? Or when does the doctor make the decision this is going to happen, this pregnancy is not viable, we need to get rid of this now. And yes, rid of this now because it is killing you. Or do we wait? Or does the doctor say, I'm not comfortable doing this now because I don't want to lose my license. And the hospital says, we're not going to do the first sign of an ectopic pregnancy. So, so I, the ones-
0: well, you talk about the doctor deciding. I'm questioning, and I have no nothing to basis on. Our doctor is going to be in control because right now you have they're in hospitals where attorneys are giving them the advice. It's and the attorneys are going to protect the hospital. They're going to protect the you know all the certifications that go with that. And so, and what you talk about a topic topic pregnancy. I know two women that have had them, they were horrifying. Um, both of them had to have an abortion, you know, they try not to use that word, but that's what it was. Sure. But there was a Missouri lawmaker who wrote a bill basically saying, you know, you couldn't give an abortion in a topic pregnancies because you could move that fetus into the womb as if it were Velcro, like, we're, like I, the, one of the debates uh, in this debate, I'm starting to realize how little people understand how women's bodies work. Like we or how much they don't like care. It.
1: Let's let's how much they don't care about. Uh, how no, I think it's it's a.
0: It's a it, I think it's they don't know, and maybe they they don't know because they don't care, or maybe they've never had a good sex ed program or whatever it is. But I was, I mean, the jokes were like, okay, how do you? I mean. Is it like tape? You take this fetus and put it. Here. I mean, we're not Legos. You can't construct where this goes. And so there's there's a little bit of that going on as well. Um, and so, but you know, the Texas vote. I want to get to the Texas vote because, or not Texas, Kansas, okay. not, Kansas vote. So the Kansas vote was interesting. I did not call that one. I thought Kansas is very much politically like Oklahoma. But the vote was to preserve the right. That the 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 petition was, they are their their laws was similar to you know others, where it was a legal option. Um there, I think there were some exemptions or some restrictions, but people largely were okay with it. So the the quit so the, the petition was to ban it outright. Do you want to keep the current laws or ban it outright? And I really thought that the vote was going to be banned outright, just like Oklahoma, just like Texas, you know, the Midwest. And I was shocked that the voters overwhelmingly voted to keep the right.
1: Keep the protection. And,
0: And so everyone got excited and thinks that we can replicate it here.
1: And we might be able to. We might be able to. What Kansas said to me was that this is an issue that is important to to people on the other side who disagree with us on everything else, that there are women out there, women, Republican women, have vaginas and they don't want politicians and lawyers telling them what they can do with them. And that was very heartening. And you know,
0: I, I don't know the breakdown by gender. I know that when I looked at the Pew Research Center that broke Oklahoma's uh, views down by everything from faith to politics, political leanings to gender, it was pretty split. The only difference on, you know, when you're, and they were asking pro-life, pro-choice, it was when it came to faith. People who identified more as, as Christians who who pray regularly, go to church, they were more against abortion. But it was split up until that point. But the Kansas approach, when I when I started really reading into it and looking into it, it was, it was a campaign. It was a, you know, this wasn't like, oh, you know, women got together and we're going to go to the polls. Hmm. It was very much a, a, a thoughtful, you know, worked out campaign that the, uh, the Kansas City Star had, and and it was couched in terms of the one, the, the campaign, I think it was the, they called it like the Kansas Constitutional Freedom Campaign. They had couched it in terms of is government overreach to force a woman to carry a, ch- a child. And that message resonated with rural Kansans. It resonated with people who were tired of the government saying what to do. And s- instead of this theological argument or this, um, you know, any of these other moral type things, it was about the Constitution guarantees you to have a right. To take that away is government overreach. And I mean, they raised about $10 million to run that campaign. Now the other cam- the, the campaign that tried to, to ban it outright was called Value Them Both. And it raised a little less than that, like $8 million. And oh, quite a bit of that came from uh, the Catholic church organizations, different entities in, can- in Kansas, around Kansas. Um, and, and so I, I wonder how, I don't know how that would play out in Oklahoma. Because first of all, like we said earlier, we would be asking to put a right back in place. And that's right, a very- Right, we
1: have to go back to where we point. were.
0: Right. And so people right now, they haven't seen a difference, right? Like the trigger law went into place. And for most people, life went on as normal. So, so you have to convince people why you need that right back when life as they see it hasn't changed.
1: And maybe you say that by, again, it's the government overreach, right? Get government out of our lives and back in the bedroom where where it belongs. I mean, at some point you say, this is not what I want. If you sit in an office with your doctor and your doctor is actually talking to you and listening, there is a moment where you think this is the way it is supposed to be. And the doctor says to me, topic pregnancy, it's not going to survive. It's going to cause you, let's take care of this now. And no matter what political party you are, no matter what religious bent you have at that moment, the idea of your doctor saying, well, hold on a second, let me go check with legal to see if what I just told you can actually happen. Now that's not just a liberal desire. And I think at that point, many people in Kansas, especially many women in Kansas have said, I want that right, I mean, Going back, though, if you say you're going to have an exception for any exception, right, even if you just have this cockamamie exception for the life of the mother, which nobody can really define, you are now making a choice Mm -hmm. that the mother's welfare is more important than the unborn fetus. And I would agree you should do that. But once you're making that choice, there's your choice. I mean, intellectually, if you're going to be intellectually honest here, then the governor should get on and say absolutely no exceptions and point to women and say, yes, you two will go to jail for murder. But right, and there are people that.
0: arguing for that. There are, not the there governor. There are some people arguing for that.
1: But not the governor. Why? Because he's a politician. Even they have a tripwire where they say we're not going to say this. They're going to blame the doctor. So you're going to throw the doctor in jail for an abortion and not the mother? That is just spineless.
0: Well, it's and also means, cruel. Well, and and you you talk about if you think about it, if you believe it's murder, then you would throw the mother in jail, right? I mean, how that would you mean, really believe that? But no, but you're right. No one's going there. But there are there there are some people in this public sphere arguing for just that. that if you throw a few moms in prison, then they'll get the message.
1: But they're not winning elections. Those no, people are not No, they are elections. not.
0: But don't think they don't have influence but I think that what we hear and this is this is what I kind of go back to when you look at the the numbers and the polling and the data and just our everyday lives more people that that drowns out all the other voices that drowns out that 60 percent we're talking about that that 51 to sixty percent right or more so to me we have to figure out like if Oklahoma were to change that if we were to to have a a Kansas type vote. We have to make space to be pro-choice and pro-life that you can be pro-life. And it's okay to still say, you know what? But I still want some choices for other people that we have for 50 years, let a a Christian right political agenda, make this a litmus test that to be a Republican, you have to be pro-life. So people who like the Republican ticket for the most part, whether pro life, whether life was their issue or not, they came to say, "Yeah, I'm pro life." So we've got in behind this. Well, they that didn't took away say
1: all this nuance. They didn't just say it. I mean, name for me, there are there are pro life Democrats out there. Name for me, the pro choice Republicans out there, especially in Oklahoma. That's
0: what Where I'm are saying they? That that's what I'm saying is that I, you know, there are Republicans though that'll say, "Well, I'm pro life." except for these three or four things, these exceptions, these four things. So to me, well, you're not completely pro-life. You see that there's a line that can be moved. So there has to be a way for a campaign to say, it's okay to do that. We we agree with you. That's the common ground that we can find with you right now. So let's work with that. Let's at least get that right back in place. So you can be pro-life. You can still protect Children, but then you're still recognizing the nuance here—that there are women who, you know, are raped; that they, you know, have been victims. You know, at least as a as a as a right. Now, I, they're not granted, I'm in the position of I don't feel like I should tell anyone else what to do, right? You know, but that's where that common ground has to start somewhere, right? But, but look, Oklahoma, let that boat sail. Well, we took it right moment. away
1: but look where the common ground is huh? that's terrible common ground so now that's the fallback position just give us rape incest life of the mother that's I think you have
0: <laughs> well where do you that's... start Barry but where do you start where do you where you do you vote people these who people totally out.
1: So you vote them out is where you start
0: well I think for the extremists we have we've let them we've let that that we've let that litmus test happen we've let it go too long that we have to create areas to let people be both. I mean, why, why do you have to be one or the other? Why is it black or white? Why can we not recognize all of these nuances, all of these challenges, all of these reasons that we know women are getting abortions, but we have forced people into choosing a side.
1: I think those people enjoy being on that side. I don't think anybody is forced into being pro-life and forced into saying no exceptions. I think they enjoy being on that position. And I think the left tries to run around trying to find this common ground where maybe we can find some sanity and humanity in people who will say no exceptions, except maybe the life of the mother. And we say, okay, give us that, give us anything. We're starving for anything. Crumbs, whatever you got, we'll take. And I don't, I don't think it's a mess, uh, just just a messaging problem. But I think the problem is there are enough women out there, and women have to motivate this discussion. Because come again, on,
0: come on, Jerry, tell me what women need to no, do. No, 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 what, no. You
1: know this, right? I mean, men, men. I mean, Alan Spector, right? No, no, no. Liberals said, I don't even know why men are talking about this. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, men,
0: but here's why, and I've had people at.
1: Because I have we- run,
0: I've run op eds written by men on this issue. And I have people say, why are you doing that? I go, who's in power? Who has been setting the laws for so long? It's not women. It's been largely white men who have set these laws. They're in, con- you know, from Congress to the Supreme Court to our state legislature. I mean, I wish that women were running everything. But we got like, what, 20% of the legislature at most? So we have to engage with them.
1: Women did move the Kansas vote. Yes?
0: I, I haven't seen data on that, but I can't imagine it doesn't. Because when I look at who's, I mean, that coalition, and it was a small coalition that they were very strategic, but they were largely women leaders. But I'll tell you, in Oklahoma, when you look at campaigns, statewide campaigns, they can't be led by the liberal women that we know, because- How many
1: do you know? I know three, how many do you know?
0: I know, I know five. <laughs> so I know all of them, but you know what I mean? Like there have to be women who are who are in that middle, who are in the rural areas, who see at the front lines what's happening, to stand up and tell their communities, you know, we have to have this. We have people hurting in our communities, in our small towns without choices. Our poverty is getting worse. Our teen rates getting, and our teen rate in, in the state right now is number four in the nation. So we're not good on this. it's not just teens. It, it, these are women all the way up you know, the spectrum. And so when I look at what Kansas did, I mean, they went old school campaign. They took a very tight coalition. Mm-hmm. They identified some key leaders who had influence in in these different areas, and they knocked doors, they called, they were at forums, they engaged, and they and I and they got a lot of voters out. They had more people show up for that that election than they did the 2018 general election. Mm-hmm. So people were motivated by this,
1: and it's heartening, and it did um, set the Republican back on their heels a little. And it did scare voters into thinking that this is not just about taxes and not just about regulation and not just about school loans or whatever it was about. This is about some fundamental issues about who has a, who has a right to my body other than me and my doctor. Well, and I, my I cannot doctor.
0: think, and, and, and as, as a woman who's gone through childbirth, I, I'm bothered by the diminishing of what that is. We'll just adopt them out. Right. I mean, I, I almost, I had a cousin that almost died I, I, on her like fourth kid. I've had my health never recovered. I know women, I mean, the, this is not having a tooth pulled. I mean, this is, it changes a woman's physiology sometimes.
1: And, and so I would say think-
0: not something to be taken lightly. And for the government to say, I have to go through that, that it's, it's, it's troublesome.
1: Or some uh, extreme politician or party spokesman to tell you that you should be pleased, blessed, and thank whomever that you are in a position to be a vessel for this baby that you're going to give up. Now, there are women on both sides of the political spectrum. Who but, don't I mean, want I know a vessel. lot
0: of women who inherently disagree with me in my church who would say you are who probably wouldn't be a friend with me but we just fundamentally i mean i feel like you can still be a devout christian who who treasures life and wants to support that but also recognize as an american there's a lot of different a lot of different people out there who aren't of my faith aren't of my don't have my support system don't have whatever it is I have, my privileges, and, and have privileges. choices. So we have to make that clear. And I don't think that we have, the, the men who have been in power for so long cr- have created this yes or no. I mean, I, because, and then sometimes people just shut down once you hear that. And that's going to be, if Oklahoma is going to follow suit, that's going to be the challenge. Because so many people, once you say yes or no, that det- they make a judgment on you completely, and that's going to be a very hard thing to turn around.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe the, the the abortion issue now uh, is one of those issues that they're saying to people, I cannot no, I can no longer ignore this as part of my party DNA. I mean, right. guns and prayer and books and regulation and foreign policy and judges, okay, I'm, I'm with them or I'm not with them on all those things, but I'm not gonna not vote for Republicans because I wish they had a stronger position on guns. I think abortion now, there are some Republicans who are saying, that's it. I, I, I can no longer marginalize, contextualize this because of, of this other thing. I mean, Adam Kin- Kinzinger, right, today, talking about the, the the trump uh business with with the national archive documents and he said i think he said something about that but i think many republicans may someday say about abortion i don't care what our position is on taxes this is no longer my party and i think maybe abortion we're getting to a point where there are people republicans who believe they're up and down the line are saying at this moment I don't care what they say about guns, what they say about prayer. This is my body. This is my daughter's body. This is my wife's body. No more.
0: I think we're so new into this post-Roe world that we haven't seen the real damage play out yet. I agree. Because when I went back, and I, and I even interviewed a reporter who did a lot of work before Roe was put into place, and what life was like in Tulsa. She did a, a series on following women who had gotten illegal abortions in Tulsa and what that was like. And we haven't really seen some of those horror stories play out. They're almost myths right now that women, I, I and I was stunned when and she said, yeah, it really happened. Women would be blindfolded, like a stranger would come to their house or they would meet at a parking right. lot late at night. They would be blindfolded, put in a car, taken to some house where they remained blindfolded. Through, and I mean, being disrobed, all of that, and then blindfolded and taken home. That's what life was like. Now, whether it returns to that, I hope not, because I think we have a, a much more mobile society where people are just gonna get in a car and drive to Kansas right now. And, but some of the, these, these stories of 10 year olds having to give birth of, you know, rape and incest, you know some of these things, women dying because they couldn't access an abortion when they needed it because their pregnancies were going so wrong. So I don't know when that what you're saying will actually come to pass, because right now, I think a lot of people are still in the I'm pro-life in all cases, or they're not saying it at all. They're saying will I'm Oklahoma,
1: pro-life. Will Oklahoma allow women to travel to a place to get an abortion? There are some laws some people now. will try
0: to stop it, but I don't know how you can. Well, they're in even in Missouri now that you've got lawmakers wanting to, uh, somehow stop the internet. I don't know what they're trying to do, but you can't like advertise like in Missouri, like, Hey, go to Illinois or wherever. And I'm like, how do you stop that in this society? Everyone has Google. You know, it's like, you know, the idea that we're going to keep information from people is just dumb. You know, it's sort of like people fighting sex ed programs or people fighting, you know, how to get contraception. It's like, we have information at our fingertips. It'd be nice to get accurate information to to people on that. So,
1: Governor you, you know, Stitt um, said, "Governor Stitt said, other states can do what they want, but we're uh, we believe in the sanctity of life here. Do You really believe that he wants to stop here in Oklahoma? Is his job done with abortion now that Oklahoma has outlawed? It? Does anybody really believe that's his end game?" Mm-hmm. Well, it's not
0: just him. I mean, right? We've, not got just him. Entire, we've got an entire congressional delegation that has always voted for life issues, and they voted against the uh, the Protection of Contraception Act. they I mean, we because now keep in mind, Justice Thomas specifically said when he when they threw out Roe that we ought to look, relook at contraception. Um, same-sex marriage, he left out interracial marriage, which is falls into he, that.
1: He, he left out loving versus Virginia, right? Yeah, exactly. That one might affect him. And so,
0: when those came up, when Congress did take that as a cue and say, "Hey, we're going to come up," with... so the, you know, the governor's not the only one here. We have an entire legislature who put these in place. The governor, he can't act alone. He had legislation to approve, and that came from our our state house and our state senate. So, all of our elected leaders at the Capitol, you know, look them up. I mean, that's where, I mean, I was, yes, because, and, and he did exactly what he said he would do on the campaign trail. He said, I will sign every piece of, of pro-life legislation that comes across his desk, and he did. That came from the Capitol. It came from our legislature. So they're they're in this too. So how do you, But but going back to where Oklahoma is, to get where you're talking about, because you think there's no common ground how do you turn that around? cuz i don't i don't see that avenue yet.
1: well i mean i i if i saw it i would tell you there is there is there is i think at some level everybody wants to control his or her body. i agree. Say- i mean
0: to me the government the, the government overreach certainly resonates with me cuz i i mean you know even when you take guns like i don't like guns i don't own one but I'm fine with having the right to have one, you know? So you can be against something inherently and still want the choice out there, still have the right out there for others.
1: Um, Remember the first defensive bumper sticker you ever saw for the pro-choice people? 20, 30 years ago, I saw this bumper sticker that said, against abortion, don't have one. And I thought it's defensive and it's kind of petty. But start there. That's sort of
0: how I, yeah, that was sort of how, you know, and like I say, I I grew up Catholic and this is always kind of a a sticky subject there because the leadership of the Catholic church has moved in my lifetime so much into the space where it's like become the defined, I mean, like say the Catholic church in Kansas, you know, kicked in millions of dollars on, you know, entities, but you know, there was John F. Kennedy who, who famously said I don't take my governance from the Pope because he was, be, you know, because it was the first Catholic Pope and everyone thought, okay, we're going to be having to all be Catholic now. And he's like, no, you, I can have my faith and exercise it and still be an American and defend the rights of others. Right. And I think, and not just the Catholic church, but so many churches have blurred that lines and that's dangerous. It's dangerous for faith. It's definitely dangerous for democracy, and you know Bob Duset, the editorial writer, wrote quite a bit about this Christian nationalism, you know, thing that's taken over, and it plays into this abortion, and because I think it started with abortion, and certainly over the last fifty years, yeah. you know, morphed the two. So, so have we figured out anything here, Barry? Uh,
1: well, we know that uh, the word God doesn't show up in the Constitution. No does not. Neither does abortion and neither does air force. So what do we do with that? We, 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 we dive into it and try to figure out what protection means, but getting back to your, your central point, how you fight this is, I think if you talk to people on a personal level, that it's your daughter, it's not just an 11 year old out there. It's not just some woman who wants to go play tennis and have an abortion. We're talking about your wife, your daughter, your family that has three children and can't afford another child. We're talking about your life. And people want to take away your control over your life. There's an issue there. That resonates, I think, with everybody. I think that's how it starts. And you elect people who, it, it's on some level, say, listen, I disagree with them on everything, but this issue is more important to me than taxes or regulation, so I'm going with them on this one. Now, Joy Hoffmuster, Hoffmuster, right? she's much more conservative than I want her to be. Much more conservative than a lot of liberals want her to be, but she's there on these issues that we think define us and define Oklahoma and send a message out about Oklahoma. That I think is important. Th- that's how you do it. You keep, I think, you keep trying to reach people on a level, on a personal level, because that's how the the right's been successful. You know, the 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 life of the child, as if as if the fertilized egg is got on white shoes and white skirt and is already headed to Easter service, right? Even the language, pro-life. What do we, we can't be anti-life, we'll do pro-choice. Oh, that sucks. But that was the word left, pro-life. Who can be against pro-life? But as you say, you can be pro-choice and be against abortion. You can be pro-life and accept the need for abortion. I agree with you that there is some common ground there. But until you find a Republican who's willingly will willingly say, I am pro-choice and my party is nuts, you're going to have no progress. And that's why maybe you have to go to people on a personal level. I want to end with one more story. Okay. One more story. Picture a third floor of a hospital. Right? There's a fertility clinic and a nursery. And a fire breaks out on the third floor of that hospital. And firefighters come with first responders. Where do they go first? The nursery. Why? Because those babies are alive.
0: Did you make that up or did someone tell you that? You're not gonna say.
1: I, I don't remember. I really don't remember. I've been saying it so I mean, long, it, I it don't is remember. A good
0: point. I mean, it is a, a good point. And, and we could go on and on about this because there's, one of the weaknesses that I have found that we see is that there was so much focus on on having the baby that the Republicans largely have ignored everything that comes after.
1: Frank, life yeah. begins at conception and ends at birth. Yeah. So your you know,
0: what happens, you know, for that that mother who has the baby in a struggling five, 10 years from now, when the kid's in public school, are you are you funding that public school? When the kid, you know, so. There's been a weakness in this pro-life movement all the along that I think now we're seeing that you've gutted all of the support programs to help families and women in particular who need that. And so that's a whole whole other discussion. but you know it certainly plays into the reasons. Poverty's pretty high up there.
1: So um, so the we fer- have the fertilized oh, egg the fertilized egg doesn't make any demands on you. right. <laughs> When babies right. are born, when parents have children, they start making demands on on government. Right. So the right.
0: fertilized right. egg doesn't ask for anything. So we have solved nothing, I think, nothing. but we we feel better. Do you, are you, are yeah, you gonna, I feel, is this gonna I be feel terrific. Next? So, yes. so the next topic, what's next, Barry? The death penalty. You want to take that one on? I mean, what uh, other? Well, what other? There's really not other any other hot topics quite like abortion.
1: Let's go really. with God. Huh. God,
0: oh God! We need guests for that one. We need to bring the rabbi we need on.
1: People who know who know something about. <laughs> we it. need
0: a, we need some experts, Barry, because this is not our forte. This is
1: way out of our control. <laughs> way out of our uh, wheelhouse.
0: Well, um, thanks. It's always fun. I hope people, if you get mad at us, write us. That's fine. People get yeah. mad at us. we uh, if you agree with us, great. But we hope you, we've given you something to think about. Something to, you know, hang on to there. So any last words, Barry?
1: No, I think we got it. And I may have stolen that line now that I think about it. It's still Either good for way, me. I don't think we would have come one. up with it. Yeah. It's
0: a good. It's a good metaphor analogy. I don't know what the name is. So anyway, till next week, everybody. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.